Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I don't have a guest today. Today is just me. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of a special day for me. It's my birthday, um, and uh, depends on when you're listening to this, obviously. But uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, I will have been uh, I will have turned 54 years old. Right, 54 trips around the sun uh, from the time I was born until now, and uh, just a lot, just a lot going on. Um, for those of you who know me, you know that my birthday is my day of reflection. And so it's uh, usually not a big celebratory kind of thing, uh, which is funny. I married a woman who birthdays are like national holidays. And so that's one of those little um, fun things, right? You know, when God brings you together with uh, with that perfect uh, mate, that perfect spouse. And, uh, you know, and she's a night person and you're a morning person, right? And she celebrates birthdays and you don't. And it's fun over the years. It's, it's just, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful thing, but uh, my birthday is still one of those days. It's just kind of a, a day I'd rather be left alone and reflect. And so I wanted to do that today. I wanted to, uh, just reflect with you, uh, the listeners of training for manhood and just kind of walk through, um, you know, uh, just the growth and the progress and um, the areas that still need growth and progress uh, and just kind of have a conversation with you. For a lot of you guys, um, you're younger and I feel like in a sense kind of I'm, I'm having a conversation from a, a dad to a son, right? Kind of Solomon writing, you know, the book of Proverbs, right? Hey, listen, my son, I got I got some stuff to tell you, right? For those of you who are my age, um, we need to be uh, iron sharpening iron, challenging each other. So hopefully uh, some of the things that I'll talk about, some of the things that I'll share um, are great for us as well, because we can always get better. And then for those of you who are older than I am, um, I think that, you know, the reminder for me is uh, it's it's the last lap that counts, right? You want to finish well, you want to finish strong. So hopefully some of the things uh, that we're, we're going to talk about um, just in this episode uh, are going to challenge you um, and uh, and just uh, remind you uh, to, uh, to just finish strong. So that's kind of the concept, right? It's just looking at uh, what is this last year for me look like in my own personal walk? How am I growing? Uh, what are the areas that we've done well in? What are the areas that we need uh, to work on? Uh, and I'll say this, I'll say, you know, one of the things is this podcast, this podcast has been a tremendous blessing uh, for me personally, uh, launched it about two years ago. Uh, I've gotten some great conversations, had some great feedback from you guys, uh, our listeners uh, on what you've liked, how it's been helpful to you. Uh, and so I have just been thrilled with just how well uh, this podcast is going and um, I'm loving doing it. It's, it's just, a, it's a great uh, kind of side ministry. Um, you know, the, the job that I get to do from eight to five is, is ministry as well. My family is ministry. There's so many different things that, uh, that the Lord has just blessed me in. Uh, but this podcast is one of those things that I have, uh, I've learned a lot. I've met some great people along the way, uh, reached out to some, some great people and said, Hey, could you come on the podcast? And, and people have said yes. And they've been super generous. And uh, there's just been some wonderful conversations that I've learned from, and I hope you have learned from as well. 
uh, right now we're kind of looking at, you know, what, what do we do next? Where do, where do we go from here? Uh, and I think we're going to add some supporting materials, some written materials. And so I'm working on some of those things right now. Uh, so hopefully uh, within the next few months, we'll have some things that we can actually publish uh, that we can put in your hands, right? That you can actually, you know, read as well. Reading is a big deal for me. Uh, and I know that, uh, you know, this podcast is kind of the, you know, you're listening to it, you're audibly learning from it. We're having a conversation as if we're sitting over a cup of coffee and just conversing about life. Um, but sometimes, you know, the written word just has that power for you to be able to um, to read, to reflect, to think about. And so we're going to look at writing some materials uh, to go along with these conversations that would be helpful for young men. And, uh, and, and part of that is just so many great books have helped me uh, in my particular journey of manhood uh, that I wanted to share in that as well. And then the last thing is just a reminder um, that we are blessed uh, to be a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and it's something that you can support. You can support this ministry uh, as we grow it, as we develop it, and if you'd like to donate to Training for Manhood, uh, right, we got a Zelle account, uh, info at trainingformanhood.com is how you kind of find things, Um, but, uh, you know, reach out to me on email if you want to support, go to the Zelle account. Um, send a check, whatever, you know, wherever you are in life, uh, there's, there's great ways. The website is probably a great way to find out that information as well. Don't forget, we have a website, trainingformanhood.com. Uh, but uh, what a blessing, what a blessing to, to have spent um, the last two years uh, kind of uh, growing with you uh, in these conversations and growing uh, as well. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm just thrilled and blessed by that. Uh, and I love it. Um, there's been a lot of uh, great things uh, as I'm reading and going through. I still think that um, The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson is still my favorite book on uh, manhood. Uh, and there's some great things uh, that are reminders to me in this because it just it, it helps me um, kind of re-energize and refocus on, hey, are, are you know, at 54 years old, let's make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. What are those things? Uh, and it is interesting. One of, one of my great lines from Thomas Watson, he says, men think it is a shame to be ignorant of their trade, but no shame to be ignorant of God. And just a reminder for us as men. Uh, it's so easy to pursue the things of the world, to desire to be uh, men who are good at our craft. Uh, and we, we go to college, right, to learn a particular trade and a particular skill. I think about, you know, I got a business degree, right? I went to law school. I mean, uh, there's a lot of time and energy and effort and money uh, spent on uh, the training uh, of what we're going to do for a living, and, and so, you know, from a man's perspective, we want to be um, thought of, we want to be considered, right, uh, competent in what we're doing and, and, and we're learning and we're growing. Um, you know, I've, I've been um, an attorney, licensed, non-practicing for a number of years, but if I were practicing all the different, um, you know, continuing legal education hours that would have to be put into that so that I could keep up with all the different things that were happening, uh, that ongoing training is just so important, right? But if you listen to Watson and if you listen to the Word of God, that concept has to be applied with the same um, energy and effort to our spiritual lives as well. And so just understand, right? If I looked at you and, and you were, I think, um, a, a wonderful Christian guy, Vody Bakum, used this particular you know, illustration. I think it, it speaks well of, of this. But if you were a bricklayer uh, and you, you know, had been doing this particular craft for 20, 30, 40 years, right, you would be uh, probably a, a, you know, a master craftsman, right, a master bricklayer. Um, and the idea is if you've been walking with the Lord for that same length of time, 20, 30, 40 years, um, how well do you know your Bible? How well do you know the Word of God? 
And so uh, that's a great reminder to us as men that we need to be growing into things that really are important. Uh, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that in a minute. Um, I will say that uh, when we walk through um, understanding the Word of God, two great disciplines, two great spiritual disciplines that are a part of that are memorization and meditation. Uh, it's something that about a year, year and a half ago, um, I sat down with my older son and we put together kind of a plan to memorize at least one verse in every book of the Bible, 66 books of the Bible, at least one verse, so that um, as you go through and have, have right, I mean, Genesis, right? You think of Genesis 126 and God created man in his own image, right? It's, it's a great verse. I want to know that verse. Uh, I kind of wanted to have a theme verse for every book of the Bible. Actually found out that was kind of difficult. Not every book of the Bible really kind of has a theme uh, verse, right? And then you get, you know, to the book of John. And of course, there's a John 316, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? So, I mean, that's kind of a theme verse for the entire Bible, but in the book of John, there's so many verses that you want to know. Anyway, I found it to be really difficult, and I found myself this last year kind of looking and saying, hey, I'm dragging my feet in my memorization and my meditation. Um, and that, that's been a big um, particular problem for me is kind of looking at those areas and saying, hey, I should be further along in this. Um, I, I will say this, one of the things about memorization of God's word. I've seen it misused by people, right? To puff themselves up with pride or to beat down other people with the word of God. And I really, really wanted to stay away from that. But just because somebody misuses a particular tool doesn't mean that I can't use it well. So anyway, so over this next year, uh, I'm going to kind of rededicate myself to that and and finish that, right? Hold me accountable, people, um, of just how we're doing with our memorization so that, um, you know, there's at least one verse out of every book in the Bible that we have memorized. Uh, and so I've got the, the, the list, right? Gone through, uh, picked out at least one verse for every book so that I can go through and I can spend time on that, right? Naaman was a very difficult one to find. Anyway, um, but then... Um, uh, the other part, um, just uh, there's another verse or another quote, sorry, by Thomas Watson. He says this, true knowledge brings a man out of love with himself. The more he knows, the more he blushes at his own ignorance. And so as you and I are growing and reading and developing, I think one of the byproducts of learning and growing in our faith is realizing how much we have to learn. And I know that's kind of a, a crazy concept, right? But that's that's a Thomas Watson concept, right? True knowledge brings out brings a man out of love with himself. So the more you know, the more you learn, the more you grow. Hopefully, what happens as a byproduct of that is the more humble you grow in an understanding not of what you've developed and what you've grown and oh look at me, but oh my goodness, one, I didn't know that before. I'm so blessed to know that now. But two, oh my goodness, how much more do I have to know? And then an appreciation for how much other people know. Right? Because there's so much I don't know. And so I have got so much that I can learn from other people. And so I'm just making sure that as you're looking at yourself and you're evaluating yourself, this is what I'm doing, right? For my birthday, kind of stepping back, looking and evaluating. And as you're in a sense, kind of, you know, okay, yeah, we made some progress in this area. And yes, we did well in that area, right? The reminder is to remain humble, to appreciate what God has done in my life, to appreciate the growth in the areas that you say, hey, we dedicated ourselves to that. We accomplished that. Here's a goal we set. We've done that. But also a reminder of, oh my goodness, how much more can be done? How much more, um, right? I'm reminded of, um, I, I think it's the, you know, the Luke 12, 48 concept, right? To whom much is given, much is required and expected. And so as you're growing, as you're developing, right? Don't allow that to become a point of pride, right? Because 
God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, but let it be a point of humility um, of, oh my goodness, look how much I've grown, but look how much I still have to go. Um, Anyway, so um, kind of a funny thing as I was uh, reading through uh, the book of Colossians recently, um, a word jumped out at me and I wanted to kind of share this because this is one of those big things that I've um, kind of learned and developed this year uh, was just how much I appreciate the concept um, that I have not qualified for heaven, but God has qualified me. Uh, and just a, a funny story, uh, my wife and I, years and years and years ago, were looking at buying, uh, maybe a, it was a wash and dryer set, I think, or whatever. We were at Fry's Electronics, which apparently doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, we're, we're in the store, and uh, as we you know select the wash and dryer we're looking at, they said, hey, you know, they've got a 12-month no interest. You apply for the Fry's card, um, and you know, then you don't have to pay for it for 12 months, right? No interest. I was like, oh, that's great, right? Money's tight. You know, got four kids. Let's, let's do that. Uh, so part of the qualification application process, right? You fill out this little form, you call this number, uh, where they're in the store, right? They hand me the phone and like, okay, you've got three questions about your life, three questions about Dan Panetti. These are all public record questions. Um, you answer the three questions correctly, right? It verifies that you are who you say you are. And then we're going to give you right a fries electronic card. Um, and you can, you can buy that. And so they ask me three questions. I answer the three questions and there are questions about, you know, what kind of car I drove or the address I lived at and things like that, right? Things that I would obviously know, uh, things that they can find on a public record. Uh, and at the end of it, I, I, you know, answered the three questions and they, they said, okay, well, you did not qualify. And I, I was kind of dumbfounded. I was like, what, what, what do you mean? And like, well, you didn't qualify. And I was like, why? And like, well, you got a question wrong. And I said, well, which question did I get wrong? Because I was like, I want to know. What do you know about me that I don't know? Uh, But it was funny. And they said, well, we can't tell you, right? Because if if you're not Dan Panetti and you're trying to impersonate Dan Panetti so that you can take out a credit card in Dan Panetti's name, we're not going to tell you what you got wrong. And so there I am standing there and just, you know, laughing that I couldn't even qualify to be myself, right? I didn't pass the test to be me. Um, and so we, we just laughed, but here, here's, here's the verse that I thought was so amazing as I read this, um, as, uh, as, as Paul's writing, uh, to the church, um, you know, in, uh, in Colossae, right. He, he writes this particular words. He says, um, and so, uh, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, which sounds great, which is awesome, which is what I'm trying to do, right? I'm, as I'm sitting down and I'm thinking about this year, I'm looking at the walk, right? I'm looking at the journey. What have we done for the last 365 days? Has it been pleasing to the Lord? Are we bearing fruit in every good work? Are we increasing in our knowledge of God? Okay. So uh, trying to do that, right? Paul goes on, he says this, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving the thanks, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And I just went, wow. So here's the thing that Paul is telling you, he wants you to grow right? So I think part of the journey that I'm on is this idea is, yes, every year I want to sit down and I want to, I want to look at these things and saying, am I growing in my spiritual walk? Am I being a better husband, a better father, a better man in the world today? Am I being a better representation of Christ? But at the same time, it doesn't matter. In the big picture of things, in terms of my relationship with God, because God's the one who did the work on the cross for me already. 
So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing, right? It's it's just it's it's you know not saying that it, it doesn't matter, right? But it doesn't matter in terms of me earning my salvation because that's already been earned for me because God has qualified more. God has qualified me. God is it says his right God who the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And so how how I'm able to grow as a man and in my faith and in my walk with the Lord is because of the work that's already done for me on the cross. And I've, I've got to have that concept, right? Is I don't have to qualify to be in the family of God. God has qualified me. Now I can walk in that and I can, I can surrender myself to walk in that. So I love that concept. And, and I think it's such an important uh, reminder to us of what that looks like. And so um, I go back to, and, and it was interesting, I, I just got out of a meeting uh, and my good friend, uh, Tim Matthews was leading that meeting and he walked through um, the qualifications. Uh, this is in first Timothy three, the qualifications for overseers or for teachers or for uh, elders in, in a church. And I love this particular passage uh, because you put those things together, right? Is how do I qualify to be a child of God? God qualified me, but then there are qualifications for you to be a person that they place in spiritual leadership. Um, and, and those are areas that you need to be growing in. So at the same time, right, I can sit here on my birthday and I can be thankful that God has qualified me because I can't do enough. But at the same time, right, at the same time, I'm thankful that God has qualified me because I can't do enough. There's no way to bridge that gap right between God and me and to bring me into the presence of God because I do not deserve it because of my sin. But at the same time, I can say God has qualified me yet when he has qualified me now, I'm qualified. I'm a member of the team. I'm in the family of God. Now I can be a better man. I can be a better husband. I can be a better father. Um, what does that look like? How do I get there? Right. And it's understanding that I'm growing in my faith and my understanding of who God is, who he has made me to be. And so I, I love that. It's kind of like that tension, um, you know, that every, every year on my birthday, I need to be thankful for what God has done. And then I need to look at and say, Hey, have I taken that? It's almost like, I mean, kind of a weird thing, right? It's almost like, you know, somebody puts a million dollars in your account every year on your birthday. And have you spent it? Have you invested it wisely? Have you done something with it? And then right at the end of the year, if you didn't spend it, it's like, what a waste. Right? Why wouldn't you spend it? If somebody put a million dollars in your account every year, you would want to go spend that. And so you'd look at, right, at the end of the year, how have you done with what God has given you? Um, and so in, in some ways, it's kind of like God has filled my spiritual tank this year, and I want to go out and I want to invest that into things that are going to be a great, bring a great return for the kingdom of God. Anyway, so I want to run you through real quickly um, these things. These are things that I will sit down and, and wrestle with in my own mind um, on my birthday. And First Timothy chapter 3 is a place that I would normally go. Uh, and it says this, it says, this is, um, this is Paul's writing to Timothy He's saying this, uh, saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the offers of overseer, uh, he desires a noble task. And so I love this concept, right? Thomas Watson talks about this in the godly man's picture. Uh, he gives you these, um, uh, character qualities of what it means to be a God, godly man. And at one point in the book, he says this, he says, I know this is difficult. I know this is kind of like, you know, a bar that's set too high. He goes, but if you're not aspiring to be a godly man, then what are you doing? And I think that's a great reminder to us as men, right? Which is where the whole idea of training for manhood came from. If you're not aspiring to be a godly man, if you're not trying to grow to be a better man, what are you doing? 
right? What, what, what are you doing with your life? What are you just, you know, you're just wasting time. So um, anyway, Paul writes that to Timothy and he says the same thing, right? Is men, every man needs to aspire to be in a position of spiritual leadership so that they can be used by God. So he goes on, he says, therefore, an overseer must be, and then he lays out these 12 things that he tells you, these are things to work toward, right? And he says, must be above reproach. Right, so the the whole idea is uh, living a manner, as we talked about before, walking in a manner that's worthy of your calling. Right, uh, being above reproach. The decisions that you make uh, should be beyond questionable. Right, you shouldn't put yourself in places or around people or doing things where people might say, "Hey, I, I thought I thought that guy was a Christian." Right, and 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 you want to be beyond right above reproach. Right, um, he says uh, the husband of one wife. Okay, so you want to have, and we and we just did. If you, if you didn't listen to us talk about uh, Point Man with Steve Farrar, uh, he spends. A, in fact, we're right in the middle of that, right uh, in August. But he talks about being a, a one woman kind of man, um, and so the Bible, there it is, right there, right. You're, you're a husband of one wife. You have a, a a life that's devoted to a woman that you've made uh, a commitment and a covenant to, right. And you need to, with all um, your energy and your effort, right. You need to. Um, put time into being the best husband that you can be, um, cherishing your wife so that she grows uh, in the love that you've given her. We talk about this often, right? Grass is greener where you water it, right? Which, hey, listen, I'm in Texas right now. It's 100 something degrees. I've got spots in my lawn that are brown, okay? And it, it just shows you where the sprinkler is not hitting the lawn, right? There's spots in my lawn that are green and growing. There's spots in my lawn that are dying. The sun hits it all right? What's the difference? It's where water is getting to it, right? Where the nutrition uh, is needed for that grass to grow, right? Those nutrients aren't getting to that particular spot. Now, somebody needs to go out there and fix that. That would be me. I'll get on it. Um, But you may need to fix that in your own life, right? Where is your wife not growing, not flourishing, not feeling the love? Uh, And that's something you need to work on, right? And that relationship will grow where you water it. Um, Uh, Paul goes on to say, right, you need to be um, above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober minded. Okay, so clear thinking, right? I I love that concept. um, So that you're not, um, you're not double minded, right? That would be the other version that the the Bible gives you not double minded, you know, easily tossed to and fro um, by the ideas of the world, right? You're sober minded, you're able to think clearly about things. Uh, Then he says, uh, self controlled, Okay, guys, are we self-controlled? Can we control ourselves? Can we control our temper? Uh, can we control our tongue? Right? Can we control our flesh and our ambitions and our desires? All, all great things that God has given us um, when fulfilled in the right place. Uh, but when they pursue, when we pursue those things outside the will of God, they can be damaging not only to ourselves, but to other people as well. So are we self-controlled? Um, are we respectable, right? Great word, respectable. What do other, what do other people think about us? He's going to get to that in a second as well. Um, are we hospitable, right? Do we care for the needs of others, especially the needs of others who are in a position, right, less than we are? How do we care? Guys, you're, you're running a company. How do you care for the employees that are under you? Um, how do you care for the, you know, for the visitor, for the traveler? Do you make people feel welcome in your presence, 
What a great question to ask. Um, He goes on to say, able to teach. Um, Doesn't say that you have to be a teacher, right? I happen to be a teacher uh, in our church, and I love doing it. But the idea is is that you're able to teach. You're able to take the Word of God. You're able to take uh, an issue or a subject and share it with somebody who doesn't know about that, right? So you're willing, you're open, you're able. uh, When the time and the opportunity comes, you're ready to speak those words and to share those with other people. A great reminder for us as men right, that we need to be ready to be able to do that, be able to teach other people. Um, not a drunkard, right, which is, um, you know, I, I don't drink at all. So, um, but I, I think that's a good reminder to us to not allow anything um, to distract or dissuade us or to make us into a place where, again, we're not sober-minded. Uh, good reminder. It says, uh, not violent, but gentle, uh, not quarrelsome, right? So those are good things uh, as men, and this is a big thing that you're, you're beginning to see as well, uh, is this, you know, pendulum swing back on the whole issue of masculinity. Uh, and as, as the culture is pushing, um, you know, toxic masculinity and we don't need men to do things and look how, um, you know, the patriarchy of men has suppressed women and made things awful, right? You're seeing men begin to step out and say, hey, manhood is good. But one of the things that will happen, right, is that pendulum swings um, is that, you know, men will begin to exert themselves as men in ways to use their physical prominence, right? And so uh, we have to be very careful as men not to misuse the power that God has given us, the position that God has given us, right, to be physically domineering, right? We use that to protect people, to help people. Uh, In fact, I just taught today and I was talking about um, uh, John chapter 8, um, which talks about the woman caught in adultery and, and just the physical picture of watching Jesus with this woman and how he interacts with her um, as the crowd is around. And it talks about how they, um, you know, they set this thing up so they could um, say, hey, what should we do? Should we stone her? Of course, if, the, if Jesus says yes, because that's the law. Right. Then he looks like, you know, he's coming down on somebody hard and look, he just, you know, he wants to abuse people. He wants to hurt people. He wants to kill people. If he says no, well, then he's obviously violating the law of Moses and he's just letting people go. Right. So they, you know, they set this trap for Jesus and it's amazing. Uh, Jesus not only doesn't walk into the trap, which is awesome. I love that, you know, the picture that he gives, but I watched the physical interaction um, and I love this in scripture. Um, but it says, you know, that they, they basically, they threw the woman on the ground. And then, so there she is. And it says that Jesus stooped down to her, right? Jesus stooped down. He was down on the ground. And so uh, the idea that Jesus would use his power as the son of God, right, to come down to earth. And then when a person is in a situation where they're hurt or they're wounded, right, Jesus goes to their level and he gets down on the ground with her, right? To identify that, hey, this is a person who has value, okay? And then the amazing thing is, right, he stoops down twice. And then when it says, when he stands up, you look over and the woman is standing. So after he said, hey, if anybody's without sin, you can cast the first stone, they all leave. He's left with the woman and he just says to her, right, is anybody here to, to, you know, to blame you or whatever? And he says, go and sin no more. But it's amazing, just that physical picture of what a man can do, right? He doesn't use his power for violence against people. He uses his power to protect the weak and the innocent. And so just a great reminder, look at yourself this year. How have you used um, your resources, right? Maybe it's your physical strength. Maybe it's the, the money that God's given you. Maybe the time that he's blessed you with. Maybe the skill that he has right for you. How have you used that to bless others uh, who are in need and a position, right, where they are in a, a situation that you can bless them, 
right? So you've been blessed to be a blessing. Great reminder for you. Uh, and then it says, not a lover of money, which is a, a great reminder, right? Uh, don't pursue the things that are temporal, pursue the things that are eternal. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second as well. But then uh, the, the next verse, he says this, he says, he must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Great reminder for us as guys, right? That our faith is the most important thing, our personal walk with our Lord, then our ministry to our family, and then other things, right? But that ministry to our family is so important because it it qualifies us to be able to go into the world and speak to the world about how to do things well because people can look at our family and say, oh, look, he's managed his family well, now he can speak to other things. So I think about you know government officials. It's hard to vote for somebody um, who... Right, wants to run for office, uh, if they all right, say, hey, listen, I know how to you know, manage our city, our county, our state, our country. I know how to manage that well. And then you look at their life and you say, but you haven't managed your household well. And so that's a great reminder to us as men, hey, this is where it starts. Uh, don't export to others what you haven't imported to your own home. Okay. Um, he, he goes on, he says he uh, should not be a recent convert just in here. But then the last thing he says is moreover, verse seven, moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders. Uh, and so our desire is to be uh, men that even the rest of the world can see and say, hey, there's something different about that guy. Um, there's the love of Christ, right? There's a patience, there's a goodness, there's a kindness. Um, they may not right know our Christ, um, but they can see the love that God has through us for them. Uh, Then Tim brought up something which I thought was so great. And he said the difference, um, he said this, he said, uh, in in the desire to be men of competency and character, just remember that character trumps competency. So if you had to say this, right, if you had to choose one or the other, um, to be a man who knew and understood something or a man who just had good character, right, let's focus on the character part. Okay, let's let's not be men who are very good at our job, but don't have good character. Let's be men with great character, right, who really try to do our jobs well. Uh, And so uh, just even even the idea, right, when it goes back up, they're able to teach. Okay, the concept is, is you don't have to be a great teacher, right? You have to be a great man. So uh, that's, that's a great reminder to us. Now, uh, the cool thing is, is how do you develop these things, right? So these, these 12 criteria, these 12 qualifications uh, in First Timothy, how do you actually develop them? How do we work on them? What does my year look like as I start thinking about things where I, areas where I want to grow? What's well, cool because um, the, next, the next chapter, First Timothy chapter 4, uh, is one of my favorite verses. 4.8 talks about, uh, rather, train yourself for godliness. Uh, and that word train, um, it's, it's the word gymnazo. It's where we get our word gymnastics from, right? So think about this. What should you be doing this year is you should be training yourself in godliness. You should be training yourself in knowing the word of God and in, in, a, in putting it into practice with the same intensity that those men and women who are training to be gymnasts for the Olympics are doing. And if you've ever seen, we've talked about this before, but if you've ever seen gymnast, right? Um, I used to live with a, uh, an Olympic gold medalist wrestler, right? And, and just the, the idea of the amount of, of time, energy, and effort that a wrestler puts in, that a gymnast puts in, right? I used to live with six UT swimmers, right? Um, just, oh my goodness, the amount of time, energy, and effort, even into their eating, right? Of how many calories you have to put in if you're burning 20,000 calories you know, a day swimming. Here's the thing, guys, 
We need to put that same intensity, that same uh, intentionality, that same focus, that same drive, that same energy into developing ourselves as men of character that we do in developing ourselves in any other aspect of life from sports, right? I mean, here's the deal. How's your golf game? I'm spending four hours a day. I want to be a scratch golfer. Awesome. Great. Knock yourself out. Are you spending that same time, energy, and effort into making your family better, into making yourself a godly man? Okay, and so use those as your, as your markers of manhood um, to to sit down and evaluate yourself. Uh, maybe find a couple of guys who can speak into your life where you can say, "Hey, how have I done this year? Right? Where do you see areas of growth, and where do you see areas that I need to work on?" Um, it doesn't have to be your birthday, right? You can do it any day of the year. Um, I pick my birthday. I just wanted to share this with you uh, as I as I turn 54, uh, and I want to share some of the uh, the great life lessons that God has given me, the areas where I have grown this year, the areas where I need to continue to grow, uh, and the conversation that I have with myself uh, each year as we as we get to this particular point, um, looking through the Word of God, evaluating uh, where we are, and then just looking for some things um, of you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do this year so that I, I'm a better husband, a better father, a better man of God, um, so that next year when we sit down and have this conversation, I can share with you as we turn 55 double nickels, right? As we get to that point, I can say, hey, look, here's the areas I've grown on. Here's the things that we need to keep on working on. And hopefully next year I'll have a verse for every book of the Bible memorized, and maybe I'll actually do that as one of the shows. Anyway, listen, guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. Uh, I love the, the the young guys out there that are listening that are trying to say, hey, I want to be the best man, the best husband, the best father I can, and the earlier I can get on this journey, the better. Um, I love you guys who are in that middle age thing saying, hey, listen, I need to keep on hanging on. I need to keep on working hard because it is so important. I've got young eyes. My kids, they're watching me. They're watching me model, right? They're, they're paying attention to what I'm doing. I love you guys. You know, the kids are out of the home and now you've got the time to invest back in, to train those younger guys, to, uh, to spend time with them. So don't, don't, here's the deal. When you get to my age, don't just get out on the golf course and get your, your, your golf game better, right? Better the younger men behind you. And then for you guys who are older, right? I, here's the deal. I want you to take that, that last lap. I want you to finish strong. Uh, I want you to run, right? The, the last lap, that gun lap, when that gun goes off and you say, hey, I've got you know, 10, 20, 30 years left. I want you to have those the best years of your life to be the ending years. Guys, I'm praying this for you. I'm praying this for me that this is the best year that we've had ever. Love you guys. Look forward to our next show coming up with Chaz Taylor next week. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, Check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.